Hi, it's Christine, and this is House of Content, a podcast that dives into the world of creators, social media, culture, and more. In this week's episode, we're talking about dupe culture, what it is, why dupes are so popular right now, and what brands should and can do about it. And today, it's just me and Melissa in the house. And so, Mel, I'm sure you've ha- you have a good dupe story or two, but um, maybe we should define first what a dupe is for the uninitiated. Dupe is a word uh, that became popularized on TikTok in the past year or so. And it's a word that is used to describe a cheaper and more affordable alternative to a high-end product. Does it come from the word duplicate? That's what yes. I thought at least. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So ha- do you have a dupe story for me? Like what's your relationship <laughs> with the trend? I do have a story about dupes. Uh, so I don't usually get that many things because of uh, a TikTok that I've seen because I've kind of like trained my for you page not to show me that many trending clothes or makeup and hair products because I am just so easy to convince to get those. <laughs> there hasn't been a way for me to escape this obsession around Skims products. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Skims is a shapewear brand owned by Kim Kardashian. So this week I finally caved in and I ordered the soft lounge slip dress. I'm sure you know which dress I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. Yeah, I do. I do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So as I was doing my TikTok research on it, which I still, of course, always have to do. And like, yeah, TikTok research is just part of my daily routine. Uh, I wanted to find out if it's really worth the hype. And I stumbled upon a dupe of it uh, from Bershka that people were comparing to skims just last week. So apparently they're the same exact thing and it was only one third of the price. And I was really thinking if I should get that instead of the Skims dress. But then I still decided to go with the original one because of all the hype and reviews and everything that convinced me that like that's the shit to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see how that actually is. But I'm I'm still thinking like, did I did a wrong choice? Like, should I gotten the dupe instead since like people are convinced that it's the same exact thing? And I'm thinking maybe I should get the dupe anyway, so I can at least make a comparison to see if like the dupe is better than the original. What do you and think? We, we need a video of it. You should you should get the dupe dress and then let's make a video for House of Content and compare the two. I think this is going to be perfect. Yeah, as as I think I should good, do it. Yeah, as long as they have good return policies, I think you should go for it. What about you? Like, do you have a story with dupe? I actually just realized that the dupe culture has retrained my brain and my shopping habits that I'm doing this sort of dupe versus not non-dupe comparisons, even when it isn't a very known brand or an iconic product that is everywhere. So for example, it's we're at the cusp of summer now and I'm starting to shop for summer items and I needed a pair of good walking sandals. So I'm I'm going to Cannes to the advertising festival this year. And I learned from last year that walking 20,000 steps every single day, you need really, really good pair of sandals that are flat. You're going to kill yourself in, in heels. And so I wanted to get a white pair of platform. So like a flat sandal with a little bit of well, a li- little bit of platform because I'm very short. And I found a really nice pair at this local shoe store here in Brooklyn called DNA Footwear. They have a couple of stores here and they also have an online store. And they had this 
this style with real leather and it was about $120, which, you know, it's not cheap, but I think it's a pretty good price for a high quality sandal. Mm -hmm. But then I started looking on Amazon for dupes for this product that isn't even a famous brand or a famous, um, famous item that everybody's talking about. And so you could find them. I could. Yes. So I found dupes on Amazon and they were maybe one fourth of the price. But then I actually, in the end, I decided against it because they were all made of plastic. And then I remembered Mm. a couple of sandals that I'd ordered from Amazon maybe last year or the summer before that looked nice, but we're just, we're not comfortable because they were so cheap. So I kind of like went into this whole cycle of doing this dupe versus non-dupe research <laughs> and then ended it like much like you, I ended with the with the real thing. Yeah, a lot of times a dupe might look like the same thing, but then it might feel completely different and the the texture or whatever, like um the material is completely different. So mm-hmm. even if you see the pictures, it might look like, you know, you might as well get the dupe. But then when you get it, I think I think that's why it's like so important to you know, maybe even get both of them so you can compare yourself, which makes more sense. Yeah, exactly. And I'm wondering, why do you think that dupes are having such a moment right now? Dupes have been around forever, but mm-hmm. we've just used different names for them. So we've used copies, knock uh, knockoffs. It's just that the way that people perceive them has changed dramatically. Like back in the day when people were using like knockoffs or copies, like they were super discreet about them and maybe they would be even embarrassed. But nowadays like dupes are really getting celebrated on TikTok. Like TikTok is absolutely crazy about finding the best dupes. And, and I think that one of the main reasons why dupes are having such a moment is because of the younger user base on TikTok uh, which like most people aren't necessarily able to have the money to buy these kind of like high-end products uh, that the dupes are made of. So yeah, and there's a new thing every day that people are obsessing about and no one wants to be left out of these latest trends. I think that's one of the biggest like driving factors. What about you? Like, why, why do you think that they're having such a moment? What's so- your analysis? Here's what I think. So dupes are having a moment because we are, in my opinion, moving into this hyper-realism age in marketing and in selling products online overall. And people are really, they want to get what they pay for and not the marketing USP and the dream. And obviously, there are still a lot of brands that have a special meaning to consumers and you're part of that tribe and that's why you buy them like i myself i am a huge gucci fan you might blame mm. my my italian side to that <laughs> and 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 i still love that and i sometimes pay that price but very begrudgingly and always i always find the second hand versions because mm. i am, yeah that's I, good yeah yeah i am uh, cheap like that but also i think there's the sustainability angle to that too yeah. but I, I i think that we are the more people are having power as consumers to go online go on tiktok and on the socials and do reviews and talk about which pr- brands and products are actually worth it and what is not worth it i think you cannot market a usp or sell the dream if your product does not uh actually come through with that. So whatever you're saying in your marketing, you better have that feature because if not, your 
audience is going to come and find a dupe or a, or a cheaper alternative for that. And I think that's also part of the reason that we're why we're seeing this type of behavior so much right now. Yes, definitely. And I think it's also kind of like part of the de-influencing trend, like a lot of like high, a, high-end brands and mm-hmm. products are being de-influenced. And then those be, like those creators that are de-influencing them are then offering dupes mm-hmm. that deliver a lot better than those and are a lot more affordable mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. So it's it's kind of interesting to see how like TikTok and the kind of consumerism there is like really shaping the way that like newer generations are purchasing things and mm-hmm. like consuming things. I, yeah, it's very fascinating. I think it's a positive positive trend in the sense that if it's pushing brands to be more realistic about what their products actually do and don't do, then maybe we're going to get into a place where you can trust marketing a little bit more again. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have like a, you have a beauty product, you have a mascara that promises to stay on for, I don't know, 24 hours and then it'll actually do that because if it doesn't, then you're going to get burned on social. Yeah, exactly. And it it didn't used to be like that. Like even five years ago, 10 years ago, like you could have, you know, a lot of these really like high end, like power mascaras that would be, you know, on the, you know, sold on the shelves for like, you know, for a decade or, you know, even longer. And like, even if the product wasn't that good, it was still getting sold because of the brand. But mm-hmm. I feel like nowadays, like those brands are really getting called out on, on platforms like TikTok. And sure. you can really see how that brand or that product is like functioning in practice. So I, I really love that. It's, yeah, it's moving for sure to like more realistic direction with marketing, which is, which, yeah, I really like that. I I think it's so funny too because like at a first glance like talking about something like dupes is like you know or dupes as the Gen Z <laughs> calls them there's a lot of parody content there too but it's like at the the first glance you could say like okay so why are we talking about a you know a, a small not a small but a trend that might be fleeting or frivolous but I really think there is like something more profound behind this type of behavior and I think both creators and marketers and brands need to understand like what is the driving force behind consumers behaving this way because then you can also get ahead of that cycle and do something about it and so we've kind of gone a full circle from both of us having a story where we saw the original product and then we researched for the dupe and then we ended up buying the original one anyways but I'm wondering have you gotten any dupes and what was your experience? So yeah, I moved to a new place two months ago and I got a bed from Amazon that is a dupe of a CV2 bed. And when I found that bed, I didn't know at first that it was uh, a dupe of a CV2 bed and I just like fell in love with it. And then I researched it more and then I found out that it's from another brand. Uh, and by the way, it's it's crazy that you can get beds on Amazon here. Like that was a completely new thing for me when I moved to the States two months ago, like I literally order everything from there now, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, like I, I still, so I was comparing these two beds The the only difference was that on Amazon, they had a lot more different color options than on CV2 where they just had one. And usually people get the dupe for its slower price or a lot of times they might get it mm-hmm. for the lower price, but these were basically on the same price range. So I just ended up getting the dupe because of the color. Uh, but I still feel like it's like, I still felt a bit weird buying a dupe of a CP2 bed, even though like I really enjoyed the color a lot more, but it's kind of like, like, 
I felt kind of wrong not supporting the brand that came up with that design. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Like, what do you what do you think? Like, have you have you felt that way? Uh, like when you have gotten a dupe in like, especially if it's like really similar to another brand's product? In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. Like for example, one of the, I think one of the best dupe content that I've seen or or product swaps is around beauty and hair care. So I'm following this trichologist who is breaking down which drugstore products are worth it because of their ingredients and which salon products on the other hand are not. And so I Mm. bought these Kristen S hair products, shampoo and conditioner after watching her recommend them. And so getting, uh, swapping out salon brands for ones that you can find in Target, like for example, Christing S and the products are absolutely phenomenal. And I love the fact that the recommendation is not based off of the fact that with like a lot of dupes, it's like, oh, this one looks really similar, but this product actually performs the same way as a more expensive alternative, where in that case, you are literally just paying for the brand name. And so I really love that. And then I think for me, I don't feel bad whenever I'm buying a dupe that serves a really utilitarian purpose. Like, for example, I I bought this bag that goes on top of your carry-on luggage you know it has that little sleeve and you can put it on top of there and it's expandable and I was looking at base ones that are I think there are maybe at the like hundred and something dollar mark in terms of price and then I found one on Amazon for like 20 bucks and it's really durable material this is not something that I bought to like have a really nice bag but this Mm. is moreover a very utilitarian thing that I need as a function to go and travel and then for me I don't really feel bad about like not paying more for the brand because this just serves a function for me kind of similarly to like you know if you go into pharmacy pharmacies have dupes because like yeah that's true and Walgreens they have those like generic versions of like you know instead of you buying Robitussin for cough they have that generic version that's in a different packaging that says like compared to Robitussin right and so if I'm literally just paying for the brand I don't feel bad for bad about that but I do I do am I am mindful whenever there are like brands that are duplicating products of like smaller designers or like smaller creators that's where I kind of draw the line like I don't want to be part of that and that's a great point yeah because I think that there is a difference between Zara duping let's say a Gucci Gucci product and I remember actually listen I think this was a podcast or a TikTok video they're all blurring together in my head now but I remember somebody making a point that actually when a like when Zara's or H&M's dupe uh, an iconic brand like Gucci or these like really expensive items that people would not be able to buy in any case. like Which maybe, they're doing all the time. They do that all the time. And like, or like that I- iconic Ar- Hermes uh, sandal that like that has that sort of a, an age pattern mm. on the on, on the strap like when they're duplicating those and then a lot of people are buying them because those people would never afford the real thing they're not saying okay i'm between these two they actually cannot buy the original and then you see a lot of that design on the streets and people wearing it that actually increases the value of the real thing because then with the aw- rising awareness the people who actually can afford to buy that are more likely to buy it and i thought that was that was a really interesting interesting theory around dupes versus originals. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. So in a way, like the fact that people use dupes and make dupes, like that can still like lift the the value of the main, like the OG product and mm-hmm. the brand. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What what about dupe content? You know, we're both on TikTok all day, every day. Is there is there a video or a content type that's really like stood out to you? Well, I think that the best kind of dupe content is when you really see a full comparison of like the OG product and the dupe Mm -hmm. and how they really work in action, what kind of differences they have. I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, here's a great dupe. And they just show that product. And maybe they just show like a little clip, like eight seconds of, you know, some kind of outfit or whatever. But like, I have a hard time believing that, you know, some like $15 leggings from Amazon are like as good quality as, you know, some, I don't know, let's say like Lululemon's Mm -hmm. leggings that, you know, you pay hundred dollars for. And I feel like, you know, the kind of content that really shows a comparison, like, you know, if it's, you know, squat proof, if it's sweat proof and all these different things, because that's what you really pay for. Like you don't pay just for how it looks on you, but how it actually functions. And especially when you're doing sports, like you really want to make sure that all these different things have in place. Not to say that you have to pay hundred dollars for good, good leggings, but $15, like that's questionably little. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So I think like whenever you're really comparing them, um, I think that's like the best kind of content. So, and that's the kind of content that has made me convinced of a dupe product over mm-hmm. like some kind of overhyped right. brand. Yeah. What so, about you? Have you seen any, any good dupe content that has really appealed to you? I really like the creators that are making these Amazon dupe slideshows where they're going through a bunch ah. of items like original versus the Amazon dupe. And, and I'm not even going through that with the intent of necessarily going in and, and buying those. I just find it yeah. really satisfying to see that. I haven't seen those. Really? They're all over yeah. my feeds. They're like <laughs> literal slideshows. And I know that these creators are also making money off of them because they're probably part of the Amazon affiliate program. And so yeah. whenever they post those and people buy, they're actually going to get a little commission, which you know what? Monetize your content. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I think it, actually it's interesting you mentioned Lululemon because there is a great brand example of what Lululemon, the brand, did to fight dupes. And they just came out with this brand stunt where they they hosted an event where you could come in and swap your Lululemon dupes for the real product. And I think from a PR angle, that was just a fantastic response from a brand to this culture of people trying to find cheaper alternatives of your your products. What do you think about it? No, I love that campaign. It's it's super genius. Like, because I was also like, it's, it can be pretty tough to like do something to protect your brand against dupes. So I feel like that was like a really, they had a really good insight and a really good execution. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and people, of course, they love when they get something for free. So that obviously like attracted a lot of attention and like, you know, yeah, it it was like a really popular, like people first kind of approach to it, which, which was great. But otherwise, like what, what else can you do to really protect Mm-hmm. against dupes like i feel like of course you can always try to like emphasize the in check integrity and the importance 
uh, of the of supporting the brand, but especially if it's like you know some kind of high end brand that already is valued at like mm-hmm. billions, it's like why would people care about supporting your brand? It's different if it's like a small you know uh, like private label, like a small business. You know, I feel like people will care then more about supporting that brand. I think it's all about doubling down in your audience strategy. So you have to be very razor focused on what segment actually cares about your brand and your brand proposition and your products over getting a cheaper alternative. Like again, going back to luxury brands, there is always going to be a market for that brand, regardless of you being able to find an exactly, exactly the same product, but without that brand logo, because for some people that just matters more. So then focusing on your core group, core audience that is most likely to buy and really doubling down on creating that community in and for for those consumers. But I think then if you look at more of these mass brands, just be truthful in your marketing, because if you are Mm. trying to sell something that is not actually going to keep its promise, people are going to call you out. And I would argue that a product that is really high quality and that that does what it says and consumers have that same experience about that, there's going to be less dupe content around it just because it is performing the way that the brand is saying it's performing. Yeah, 100%. Like, let's say like, uh, like a Dr. Martens, for example, mm-hmm. like I've, yeah. I've tried forever to find like you know a cheaper option but whenever i've like gotten something else than dr martin's like it just hasn't Mm -hmm. delivered like it's not even comparable like dr martin's have always lasted me for years so that's why i'm like okay from now on whenever i'm like whenever i need boots i'm just gonna go for them instead of trying to even go for dupes that last for like a year Mm -hmm. absolutely and then also you know with dupes and and with brands, you have to kind of almost accept the fact that this is going to happen. And I think that your strategy shouldn't be around like mitigating that risk, but moreover, making sure that then your voice as a brand through your own marketing and through the creators that you partner with and your brand ambassadors, that you have to make sure that you have a cohesive voice that's putting out the messages that you want to put out and maybe focus more on that and focus less on the fact that people are making dupes about your, your products. Yeah, exactly. Like I, yeah, that's definitely not something you want to address because Mm-mm. then like, yeah, it's, it's not, gonna, it's not going to work. It's, it's most likely just going to backslash. So how, how about the problematic side of dupes? What what do you think is the sort of the 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 downside or the dark side of this dupe culture? Yeah, so while dupes can seem like a really great option for people who want to be like up to date with trends without having to pay a fortune, there is a fair share of different problems like especially when you're really copying a design like it's one thing to get inspired by something but like really creating an exact copy like i feel like there's a super fine line between inspiration mm-hmm. and uh blackerism i do think that it's great that there are more affordable options that offer the same benefits than a more high-end product if you don't want to like drop let's say 50 dollars on a liquid plush uh like but makeup and fashion industries they've always followed trends and that one might by, might be starting. So I feel like it's it's not a new thing that's happening, but yeah, it definitely becomes an issue when a brand is making an exact copy of the product, especially like fashion has quite limited 
legal protection against plagiarism, and there aren't that many consequences for copying a design, which is very different for music and art. I feel like the the legal restrictions and consequences are a lot more severe there. So then the real impact is on the brands that are being stolen from, especially, you know, like I'm on the, on the side of the smaller brands. So like, that's, that's what I'm really concerned. Like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I guess it can be a concern for high-end luxury brands as well, which I'm not that worried about personally. Yeah. Who What Wear has a really great podcast with their founder, Hilary Kerr. And I remember her interviewing this Australian brand um, that said that nowadays they, they can only... And a lot of their products go viral. It's like a very hyped streetwear mm. brand. Maybe we'll link it in the show notes because I don't remember the, the name of the brand right now. <laughs> oh, uh, I think it's called With Jean. Yeah, that's the brand. And so they they would sell out constantly with their products. And they said that now actually the life cycle of their products is a lot shorter and they have mm. to put out new styles because eventually Amazon and these like bigger uh, fast fashion brands or hyper fast fashion brands will knock off their design. And then once that knockoff or dupe is on the market, their sales start dwindling down. And so then they need to come up. Really? With yeah. And I think like, that's kind of sad. That's and very also, sad. Yeah. Yeah. And also another, uh, another brand by the blogger Danielle Bernstein. Um, her, she has a brand called We Were What, and she is infamous for, Asking small and especially, and this is like very, very problematic, uh, BIPOC uh, fashion designers and, and, and product small brand owners to send her the products for free. And then she'll maybe feature them in a post, but she actually asks for those products so that she can then knock them off, like do exact replicas for her brand that is sold like at big retailers. And she's gotten into hot waters for doing this over and over again. And I don't think this is even dupe culture. You are just monetizing off of somebody else's else's product. And I think that is like very, very problematic. Yeah, no, no, that is definitely. And I like, yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult to also like draw the line. Like, where does it go? Like, as you said, like, you know, we've, we've seen dupes in, you know, you know, in pharmacies and like just in makeup and everywhere, you know, somebody, you know, comes with a certain kind of want for the mascara and then everybody copies. So it's like, like, how do you know where to draw the line? I feel like it's, it's very obvious for Mm -hmm. like things like that are, you know, have very visible design, like let's say a bag or a clothing, Mm -hmm. but like, I feel like it's, yeah, I think it's, it's very difficult to know, like when, like, where's, where's the line? Like also for yeah. cons- consumers, like when is it okay? And when is it not okay to buy a dupe of some product? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't even know that we're getting a dupe. Like yesterday mm-hmm. I was, uh, on FaceTime with my best friend and I was, you know, drinking from this, you know, glassware that I got uh, last month. And she was like, Oh, that is a really like, you know, Oh, you got that class. And she said that I don't even remember the brand name. And I was like, Oh, I just got this from Amazon. And she's like, Oh, that looks exactly like this, you know, one, you know, famous brand. And, and I had no idea. So it's like, apparently I have a dupe of some, you know, high end glassware without even knowing that. I obviously everything is referential. And if you, the more you go into, let's say certain industries like fashion and looking at fashion designers and how they're pulling inspiration from archival pieces from other brands, like there's always going to be that reference and imitation. Like that's definitely a part of that. But I think dupe culture is really 
it's a little bit different in a sense because it ties into consumerism, it ties into your mm. economic times. So I'm wondering, what's your prediction for dupe culture? Like, where is it going to evolve? Is it here to stay? Or, or is it just one of those TikTok trends that are going to die down in like a season or two? I don't think it's going to die out. Like, of course, it's uh, quite difficult to predict. Uh, I think it's possible that popularity of dupes could be tied to a larger trend mm -hmm. uh, and people are indeed like less willing to pay for specific brand name and they're just more looking for the functionality and what the what the product actually does so i think that yeah as we've noticed that social media tiktok like creator culture it has really shaped the consumer attitudes and this is why there's now a lot more emphasis on you know trends which is not necessarily the the best thing but also like people are really paying a lot more attention to mm -hmm. things that are affordable and accessible to more people which in a way like it it has its pros and cons but i i definitely think that it's we're gonna see it continuing uh at least for the foreseeable future maybe there's gonna be some shift again you know in a few years when the you know recession uh <laughs> has like ended hopefully but i don't know what do you think yeah i mean technically we're still not in a refreshing and this is like i can make this my click through rage of the week the fact that everybody's talking about the recession that's never coming but we yeah. are not a financial podcast so i'm gonna leave that to other <laughs> other other people yeah i think for me dupe culture actually ties into that bigger movement towards brand transparency and again paying uh, paying for value versus paying for name and especially with inflation being high and middle class and consumers really being squeezed for their dollars. This is a very real response to that. And so it's not something, it's not about frivolous consumerism and just like wanting the thing, but not wanting to pay as much for it. But it really is mm. more about also consumers searching more bang for their buck. And I don't think you can blame people for that. And I don't no. think you can condemn people for it. And now again, then like buying knockoffs of small designers that really are going to struggle because Shein or, or Zara made their version. Now that's a different conversation overall. But I think, you know, dupe culture is worth paying attention to. And I think brands should really keep a close eye on it because again, that can inform the type of messaging, messaging strategy that you need to craft to really get real with your consumers and, and talk to them in a way that resonates versus is off-putting. So yeah, I, I find it really, really fasc fascinating overall. Um, yeah. I also think that that gives brands an opportunity to maybe talk about uh, like where they're products like come from and what they're made of and all those things because there are a lot of ethical questions when it comes to these yes. dupes like how can they be so cheap like how can these leggings be just 15 dollars? like mm -hmm. who made them what are they made of so i think one of the ways that brands can definitely like kind of like differentiate themselves from these dupes and show how it's important to maybe like support the main product because you know they're hopefully paying what what the people deserve for the yeah. for the work that they do when they let's like make the products and the ingredients are sourced ethically and all those things so i feel like maybe just increasing the transparency over Absolutely. like the business overall yeah yeah and i also think that you know with with dupes the where we're going to go there next is that with people constantly calling brands out for their certain products and on the flip side also just like making 
side-by-side comparisons. I'm thinking maybe for some brands, it could even be beneficial for them to not address the fact that they're being duped, but maybe be a little bit self self-referential there you know whenever you can inject a little bit of humor into it like maybe even making a dupe video and if you like if you go search hashtag dupes you're gonna know why i'm pronouncing it that way it's a, <laughs> it's a huge like sub trend within the trend but i think for whenever you can kind of like be a little bit in on the joke too i think mm-hmm. that helps like for example this is not a this is not a dupe story per se but one of my clients actually reference the fact that these whenever you're doing TikTok trends on social, you actually have to go through legal. And when you go through legal, you sometimes need to change the music because it's not in the commercial library. And they actually captioned uh, one of the videos saying we're a little late on this trend, but you know, legal took forever or something like that. And I love the fact that they actually went in on that joke and kind of like, I love that this is our reality. Um, And on that note, actually, that brings us to our click-through rage of the week. So both of us, we work on social creative. And part of that means that you have to be in TikTok's uh, desktop commercial audio library for finding music and sounds that you can actually use with copyright in brand content. And their desktop version does not allow for you to copy the link of the music directly and drop it in your deck when you're presenting to your clients. You then have to go back in to the TikTok app and try to find that same audio there, copy the link on your phone, send it to yourselves on like Slack or Teams, and then copy it over. And I think that workflow is driving me absolutely mad. And we need to find a dupe for that, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely giving me a headache. And another thing that is annoying that some songs that show that they are on the CAL, uh, the commercial audio library, on the app, don't mm-hmm. necessarily show on the desktop, oh like which which is for most of the trending sounds. So like yes. if you go on the desktop, like you cannot find anything there. And I feel like that's just that's something that I'm trying to fight with like every single week. And also I was I was just thinking about the post copy that you were saying. Like mm-hmm. I think it would also be very funny if like because brands cannot oftentimes use a trending sound. Maybe you could even address that, like, hey, like, you know, we're using a dupe because you know this this sound wasn't on the CAL. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's like we I, I've said this many times, but we need a revolution in like social copyrights because the laws that we have in place today are they were not made for the marketing landscape where we are in right now. But alas, this brings us to the end of this episode. It was really fun discussing dupes. It's so interesting to see how these trends shape up. And always, if you like this episode, we are still very much accepting reviews and and stars. Give us five, please, if you liked it. And you can find us on all the socials at It's House of Content. And if you're listening to this episode now, I'm sure we're going to be putting up some dupe content of our own, especially on, on TikTok and on Instagram. So follow us there. And until next time, my name is Christine, and you have been listening to House of Content. Mm-hmm.